good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. Hey, you. Lil Baron. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, Mr. Case, I'm doing great. Good. How about you? you know what? I'm hanging in there and things are going well. So nothing to complain about. You know, it's the beginning of the year, so I'm sore again. Sore. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to admit, I took the, the end of December off as well, and I've tried to you know, get yeah. back into it. I've been a little bit sick, and that's been in the way. But um, yeah, I had a really good workout yesterday, and I'm with you. I'm feeling a little bit sore. But, but speaking of a new year, middle of the winter, mm-hmm. as we are, do you know one of the main things that we need to focus on in the middle of winter is hydration? Oh. Do you think about that? You know, I have, yes, yeah. but not normally. I don't. Well, it's it's something that I don't normally think about. But the fact is, is when the, when the weather cools down, yeah. we tend to drink mm-hmm. less. And uh, so I found this article. It was in Self Magazine. It's written by Amy Winderl. And it's called, Here's How to Tell if You're Dehydrated. Oh, And it had some helpful tips that I thought I would share, especially being in the middle, again, middle of winter, Mm -hmm. where we just have a tendency to not drink as much. So it's a few things that I thought were, you know, useful and and at least interesting to me. So um, our bodies need water. We know that and other Mm -hmm. fluids to function properly. And if you become dehydrated, some of the processes that we're used to our body doing don't function as normally. That's according to Dr. Jennifer Wider. She says severe dehydration can have dire consequences. And that's because water typically makes up two thirds of our body weight. That's according to the U S national library of medicine. So there's a lot of water sloshing around inside of us on any given minute. So um, one of the things that the article talks about is the difference between feeling thirsty and actual dehydration. And those, those are two different things. Generally speaking, our body does a pretty good job of maintaining fluid balance under normal Mm -hmm. circumstances. So for example, you have too much water, your body has a way and a tendency to get to get rid of that water, right? We yes. use the, we use the bathroom. Uh, when we get thirsty, we know that we're needing some more water, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your body telling you that you need to drink more. However, according to Dr. Cedric Dark, who is the assistant professor of emergency medicine at Baylor College of Medicine, uh, he says dehydration is a pathological process where your body has lost too much fluid, either through sweating or in the urine due to drugs like caffeine and alcohol, which function as diuretics, or you haven't taken in enough fluids. Hmm. So it's more than just being thirsty. Right. So put simply, dehydration means that there isn't enough water in your body to carry on the vital processes efficiently, hmm. such as delivering oxygen, regulating your body temperature, digesting food. All of this is according to the Cleveland Clinic. The following factors can also cause dehydration more than just not drinking enough. This is according to the Mayo Clinic. They say that diarrhea and vomiting, fever, excessive sweating, frequent urination, all of those can potentially lead to dehydration. So the, the name of the article is how do you tell if you're dehydrated? So they had a bunch of ways, they had a, a bunch of different symptoms. I'm not mm-hmm. going to cover all of them, okay. but I thought we would cover just a few of them. The first one that they had was muscle cramps. Oh, so that's often due to a sodium deficit in your body and uh, particularly for like endurance exercises like long distance running. Um, they recommend sipping on an electrolyte sports drink or even just having like a salty snack oh. with your water. 
all of that can replace those electrolytes. Cheetos. <laughs> Cheetos do have sodium in them. So I knew we would get there. I knew we would eventually get there and we did it. We Lil, did. It took us a while, but we we finally did it. Yes, we did. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that Cheetos tend to come up somewhat regularly. Yes. So anyway, a, a, a salty snack with some water can be helpful to restore the natural mineral balance in your body. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is a headache. Oh, so they don't know exactly why dehydration sometimes causes a headache. Um, it's, it's not entirely clear, but one theory is that dehydration alone doesn't directly lead to headaches, but it may exacerbate underlying conditions like migraine. So that's something that, that they've hypothesized. And there's also potentially a slight temporary contraction of the brain due to low hydration levels. And that nest you know, wouldn't feel good if your right. brain's right. contracting. So that's something to consider as right. well. Um, number three, they say low energy and fatigue. Oh, something to consider if you're dehydrated. Uh, when you're dehydrated, your blood vessels contract and your body tries to pull fluid to more centrally located organs like your heart oh. and your brain. Uh, those are, you know, those are important ones. Right. <laughs> you want to make sure that those ones keep functioning and running properly. So this means that the rest of your body may start to operate at a slower pace, making you feel a little bit sluggish and tired. Right. So low energy and fatigue is also a symptom of dehydration. The next one is dry mouth, lips, or skin. Oh. And this is one that manifests in me when, yes. when I get, I can tell that I'm not drinking enough water when I start to get chapped lips mm-hmm. and that, that does happen to me for sure. I'm sure others feel the same way, but yeah. just like we said, dehydration shifts your body into survival mode. So it tries to shuttle water to the areas where it's most needed and water is diverted from non-vital organs, such as the skin to more vital ones. Like we said, the heart, the brain, the kidneys, mm-hmm. and as a result, places like your mouth and your lips start to feel really dry. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens when you're dehydrated. The uh, the next one is sudden hunger or food cravings. Oh. So your liver needs water to function properly. And when it doesn't get it, it signals to your brain that you need fuel. Mm. That's according to Dr. Wider. And uh, instead of craving water, though, for whatever reason, the liver tends to make you think that you're hungry, <laughs> even if you've had plenty to eat. So you do want to keep your eyes on that one. If you're feeling hungry after you've just right. eaten, maybe you need to go ahead and get some more water in your system. Yeah. Now, here's the question. How do you prevent dehydration? That's that's the question, right? Yeah. So the Institute of Medicine of the National Academies of Sciences, that's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. But they, they suggest that adequate water intake includes, listen to this, this is more than you think. Okay. 11 to 16 cups. What? I know. That's what I'm saying. It's more, it's more than you think. But um, they're recommending the 11 to 16 cups per day. And yes, all fluids count towards that number. So that's, that's oh, the thing. That's, so okay. the, the, the fluid that is inside your food that you eat, it all counts towards okay. that recommended amount there. Okay. So I keep feel it, better. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit, right? But let's be honest, like we're probably not drinking enough water. Probably but not. keep in mind that the amount of water you need in a day is unique to you. It's based on factors like exercise, whether or not you work in hot conditions, even your diet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some things to consider, but to stay hydrated, try keeping a water bottle with you when you're on the go. If you're not sure that you'll do a good enough job of hitting your daily hydration goals, pick a water bottle that has the notches to measure 
how much you've actually had. And uh, then you can set reminders on your phone or your desktop calendar to drink water throughout the day. Just tips to kind mm-hmm. of keep it going. Make sure to drink more if you're exercising or sweating and try to drink a glass of water with each meal mm-hmm. are also just some tips that they have yeah. as far as trying to stay hydrated, which again, during the winter months is sometimes hard to do. Yeah, so a few is. things to consider and think yeah. about as we're um, in the middle of winter. We, yeah. Right. So today's guest, yes. Mr. Ryan Otterson, is a repeat expert guest on The yep. Active Life. Ryan is currently an exercise physiologist at Intermountain's Live Well Center and was recently made the clinical supervisor over the team there. He, he graduated with a bachelor's in exercise science from Utah Valley University and more recently earned a master's degree in sports performance and conditioning from Southern Utah University. And Ryan, we're glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we were talking a little bit about getting enough water, being hydrated, uh, because it's the middle of winter, which which is also ha- happens to be the first of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. Another topic that tends to come up this time of year are those, I'm going to say, exciting New Year's resolutions, <laughs> right? So you're working in the health and wellness industry. I think if if anybody takes the time to set a resolution at some time in their life, they're going to set a health and wellness resolution, right? Either I want to exercise more. I want to eat better. Those are the kinds of things that we're all thinking about right now, the first couple of weeks of January, right? Right. I I think most goals people set are usually connected to health and wellness in some way. And especially New Year's resolutions, I, I would say predominantly all of them are fitness related. It, it feels like it is. I know most of mine are. There's maybe one or two in there that has um, mental aspects right. or even spiritual as- right. aspects, but it's part of that whole wellness picture yeah. as as well, right? But it's definitely it's definitely one that comes up. It definitely is one that comes up. So today, Ryan, we want to talk a little bit, kind of learn from your expertise on how we can not only set these resolutions, but also you know have success with them, which is what we're all trying to do in the first place, right? Right. And, you know, I've done some research into it lately. um, And what I wanted to kind of talk about was research based goal setting. You know, I feel like I'm pretty good at at setting and and achieving my goals in general. And I never really realized what I've been doing that was that made it successful. But um, learning about more effective goal setting has helped uh, me realize, oh, I've been doing these things the whole time. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's jump into it. What, yeah, what sure. are some of the things that you've learned? <laughs> Lil's like, oh, there's actually a way to make these things right. To make these things happen. That's awesome. I think when people first learn about goal setting, they learn the acronym SMART, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, timely. Um, and, and that's a, a good concept to use. But the problem with just relying on that that thing we've all learned, that SMART acronym, is that you get these these short-term goals that could be really random and, and disconnected from maybe a, a higher reasoning behind why you want to achieve the goals. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about goal hierarchy and setting a bigger why behind the reason of these these littler goals, these smaller goals that you may may set for yourself. I think that's great, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. And it's it's interesting that you did because um, 
I'll be honest, I, I'm not like the biggest New Year's resolution setter. Like I, I have some thoughts and some ideas, things I want to accomplish. Um, but it's probably not like this this wildly important thing to me that I do this on January 1st. But the research that I've done and the people that I'm talking to, and even in, you know, with our webinar and some of the other podcasts that we've done. People are talking a lot about this why concept. What is your why? Why is it important to you? And so I'm I'm glad you mentioned that up. Mentioned that and we can we can visit about it. What are your what what are you finding? What's how do you how do you get to your why and then apply that in your goal setting? Yeah, so basically the 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 concept is the hierarchy should start with the the top of the, let's picture a pyramid being the why and they call that a superordinate goal. And it, it kind of aligns with your, your vision of yourself, your, your values even. Um, and then that pyramid gets wider at the base. The base is full of those smart goals that are all leading up towards the, the major reason behind what, why you're doing what you're doing. So in the context of fitness, you know, what's a very, very common goal that most people set? Uh, Want to lose some weight, Right. <laughs> go to the gym and people accidentally set these superordinate and subordinate goals, the smaller goals too. They might say, I want to lose weight. And that's their, their why I would say we could go deeper, but let's say that's their, their superordinate goal. Well, to accomplish that goal, what's one of the things they do, they start setting smaller goals, like go to the gym uh, in the new year regularly. Right. So that becomes more measurable. I think the problem though is, and if we just run with this weight loss example, because it's such a common goal, I think if your, your goal of weight loss doesn't have a, a reason behind it, it's not aligned with your values. It's very easy to give up on that goal. It's very easy to reach a small milestone, like go to the gym or lose the first five pounds and then stop. You know, that's why people yo-yo with their weight so much. Yeah, and then gain it back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So if that goal to lose weight doesn't have a deeper meaning behind it, such as, well, I want to be a more healthy person. I want to live a longer life, which, you know, these superordinate goals, these whys have a much longer time period. They, they don't technically end. Every goal you set to achieve that why kind of leads to this not vague, but more abstract concept of what you want to achieve and the reason behind why you're doing what you're doing. So, yeah, the research just just shows that if you have this structure, this hierarchy, um, that why behind the goal can then lead to more effective accomplishment of goals and less disappointment from not achieving your goals. And, and you know, not achieving the goals really does bring a lot of negativity into our lives, whether we realize it or not. But we're constantly setting goals for ourselves. And a lot of times we fall short of these very specific things we said we'd do. And so... Yeah, that's just a tip of the iceberg here. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. And, and I like that idea of the pyramid too, because yeah. you can kind of see, you can visualize, okay, here, here's the long-term thing. This is the big picture thing. This is, these are my values. These are the things that are important to me. And then as you work down that triangle, these are kind of the steps. It's a pyramid, if you will. These are the steps that are going to help me get there uh, and, you know, ideally reach that self-actualization right. as Maslow's hierarchy there. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so I like that. Yeah. Let me ask you this though, because, um, I I think that one of the challenges that, that I, I know that I deal with and that it seems like I've seen with, with people that I know and love is actually getting to the, the deeper why, like 
Right. I think we start with with this. You know, I want to I want to fit into my jeans, and 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 the why for that is because I want to look good or whatever. But but you know, like you said, it, you, <laughs> if you if you know if you don't quite make that goal, that can be disappointing, and it's easy to give up on that. And it's it's really easy to just go buy a bigger pair of pants, right? <laughs> so. So there you go. So how what how do you dig down into it and find out what those value statements are? Do you have any tips on that? That's the thing to, for anyone to do. It's it's basically what's asking what's the meaning behind why you do anything that you do. Yeah. But when when you understand that, you have direction, you have meaning behind the goals that you've set besides just an arbitrary, oh, I'm going to go to the gym or Oh, I'm going to fit in these jeans. If it's not that meaningful to you, because you don't even know why you want to do that deep down, then how easy it is, is it going to be for you to give up on that goal? Yeah, totally. Totally yeah. agree with that. It feels like if you can find, um, oftentimes it's, it seems like it's connected to, to family or friends or loved ones, things that are important to you. So, so, you know, wearing a, a skinny pair of jeans is nice, but being around to play with your grandkids, right? Like that's a real motivator there, you know, or, or, you know, losing five pounds on the scale is great for sure. But, you know, controlling your type two diabetes so that you can, you know, be with your loved ones for longer. It feels like those are the kind of things we're looking for, right? Yeah. Cause you might in this process of figuring out what, what is your, your value, your, your meaning here, you might realize some of the goals you had in mind weren't that great of goals to begin with, you know, and, and maybe it'll help you set your smart goals, you know, and the cool effect of doing something like this, getting that pyramid set up is that once you get your, your overarching goals set, then you can set a whole bunch of different smart goals that, um, if you don't achieve the one on one day, maybe you could work on a different goal, uh, and still feel successful. Like maybe you, you ended up eating that cupcake. You were going to not eat your plan was to eat. Out. <laughs> well, you failed in that aspect, but you could maybe switch your focus to another smart goal. that's leading into the, the, the top of that pyramid, right? Which is maybe get eight hours of sleep or drink. Um, what, it, what was it? Yeah. The 11 glass, <laughs> 11, 11 to 16 cups of water a day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to achieve the goal, you can always feel positive and um, accomplished if you do something like this. Oh. I love it. I, yeah, love it. I do too. Now, um, in, in, the, in the journey, if you will, of trying to set goals, it seems like there's uh, a couple of different um, divisions or, or styles of goal that you might set. Talk a little bit about process versus outcome goals. What's the difference there? Uh, so, Another word for it, you maybe have heard this mastery versus performance. So um, process goals kind of reflect more of kind of the journey of achieving the goal rather than focusing so much on the specific numbers or specific landmarks of achieving a certain thing, because you don't always know how things are going to play out. You know, I often in the context of weightlifting, um, which I do compete in just as an amateur, but you know, I'll set number goals. I want to lift this amount of weight by this amount of time. And it's hard to guess your body's physiological reaction to training. You can't just say, well, it's going to adapt at this rate. You don't know. Right, you know? right. But rather than something like that, you could set more of a process goal, like improve my technique or improve my attitude in training or improve my consistency of the workouts, you know, things like that, where it's, it's less about an uh, objective number, more of a 
kind of a subjective thing where it does become about the process. So that's one example. And so then, so then the, the process part of it, uh, ultimately the ideal is that it comes to the outcome that you're shooting for. Right. So it's a little bit more, it's, it's like that pyramid again. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. It's, it's not to say that outcome goals aren't needed at certain times or, or, that they shouldn't be set. I, I do think they have a place, you know, in, in that context of, if we go back to that pyramid, the base of that pyramid, maybe you do need a specific outcome goal. Um, but it's, it's not as large as maybe uh, some people would set. It's a smaller step, incremental step that you could make towards uh, achieving the bigger picture. And you can still fit that within, you know, the, the big pyramid that we were talking about at the beginning Mm-hmm. Um, as just part of that process, part of that journey of, of being around longer for your family, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. I love yeah, it. I like that. So one more kind of catchphrase that we hear out there when we talk about goal setting, um, mental contrasting. Talk a little right. bit about what that means. So mental contrasting, um, it could sound like a bad thing when you, when you set a goal you kind of start thinking about what could go wrong in achieving that goal. <laughs> and then self-fulfilling prophecy comes in and it does, right? <laughs> See, I told you this would happen. <laughs> it's, the point is not to just dwell on the negative. It's to just recognize what negative things could be uh, roadblocks or stumbling blocks in achieving that goal so that you're prepared to reach them and maybe even more able to set uh, more realistic goals. So if the goal is to lose weight, okay, and our our overarching goal is to become healthier. So we break that down to the next step is, okay, I'm going to lose weight in general. Break it down again. What's some of my more actionable steps? I'm going to try and lose 10 pounds by this date. That's a pretty um, outcome-related goal. Maybe we set another goal next to it, a SMART goal of, okay, to do that, I'm going to eat so many calories every day. And another one, go to the gym three days a week. Well, start looking at your life, your current state. What are the things that might prevent you from doing those smaller steps? You know, maybe it's your work schedule doesn't allow you to get to the gym. Okay, well, now you can understand what's holding you back, what specifically you need to start doing in order to uh, achieve that, that first goal. So that's basically mental contrasting is just um, in a way planning more completely and starting to what are the exact things I need to do as I break this, this overarching goal down into its bare minimum components, what things can I do to, to accomplish it? Yeah. I like what you said um, because you could get focused on, well, these are the problems. These are the challenges. These are the roadblocks. Um, but I like what you said, where it's more about planning than it is about focusing on the negative things that could or or may happen. So, lots of uh, lots of good stuff and lots of good ways to approach this new year as we're yeah. setting our resolutions. And I like that just because of the pyramid and having smaller goals that you achieve as you're on your way up to that top of the pyramid. I like that. Yeah. It's, I a, like it's to always jump, a process. I know. Right? I like to just jump right in. <laughs> we all wish we could, right? right. Jump up to the top, right? It is a process. Ryan, hey, that's the time yes. that we've got to visit with you today. But thank you so much thank for joining you. us and sharing this expertise with us. And you, good luck to you in your resolutions this year yes. as you're setting your own goals. Right. Thank you. We'll, we'll have you back sometime and, and continue to explore the uh, expertise that you have. Yeah. Okay. 
Good stuff there. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I I I, uh, I learned a few things that I, I, I hadn't been thinking about. So, a couple of things just to keep in mind: um, on January first of twenty twenty two, team registration opened for the Huntsman mm-hmm. World Senior Games. Lil, we have four hundred and eighty three teams registered. It's amazing. It is amazing. Just across the board, these are all of our team sports. Yes. Um, some of our age groups are already full, yeah. but get yourself on a waiting list. Yep. A lot of times we're able to pull people off that waiting list. So don't give up, get on the waiting list. And then let's see where we can go with that. On March 1st, coming up soon, 2022 registration for the individual athletes is going to open. We want to remind people that the dates of the games this year are October 3rd through the 15th. So put that on your calendar and all that information is available at seniorgames.net. Yes. And one thing I want to remind people is if you want to be an ambassador, when you sign up in March on March 1st, click that box that you want to be an ambassador. We'll get you a packet and help you, you out get there. right to work. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Great reminder there. Speaking of reminders, we want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Of course, we take this live show and we turn it into a podcast and you can also subscribe anywhere that your podcasts are found. If you happen to be listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating or write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. And you can do that easily on your iPhone by just scrolling down to the bottom of your Apple Podcast app and then hitting some stars there for us. And then, of course, you can find this as well those other shows right on our website again seniorgames.net so check that out today's inspirational thought okay is from poet Susie Cassim and she says doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will mm. until next thursday stay active